Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 246th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton, and I'm here with Diami Plotke. We're still at the Texas Woodworking Festival. We've been here a long time. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. But joining us for this segment is Matt Kinney. So welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? I have just one question. Sure. Where's the drinks? (laughs) The intro promised drinks. Where's the drinks? Well, you know... If you look downstairs, Matt, unfortunately, they have closed the beer yeah, garden. Yeah, I yes, know. yes. I yes. think right. they, they brought what, like six, six or seven kegs. In there. Yeah, but yeah. To, to continue this tangent just for a moment longer than we probably should. Yeah, I will say that we've been drinking on our podcast a whole lot longer than you have. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. I don't yes. know if that's something to be proud about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not so sure it's a good thing. Yeah, for, for any of us. <laughs> so yeah, most true. of our listeners will recognize uh, Matt from. Uh, the 52 Boxes Fame, Book mm-hmm. of Robots, and then your new podcast. The Matt and Joe, Joe Woodworking Fun Hour. Hour. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. You guys need t-shirts. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get around to it yeah. eventually. <laughs> I would I would proudly wear a Matt and Joe Woodworking Fun Hour t-shirt. Yeah, we have a nice logo, so we might as well make some uh, t-shirts and stickers and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Now, you've been down here for how long? About a week or so teaching classes? Yeah, I've been here for uh, like eight Eight nights. Eight nights. Uh, I taught two one-day Kumiko classes last weekend, mm-hmm. and then I taught a five-day uh, box-making class. Right. So seven days of teaching in a row, and then today the Texas Woodworking Festival. I think that's what it's yes. called, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I go home tomorrow. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Well, so what do you think about the facilities here as a teacher? Oh, they were great. It's yep. nice. There's a nice bench room that's air-conditioned, which that is, is nice. very important in Texas, uh, and a good machine room, and uh, it's it's a really nice little nice little place, so i definitely come back and teach again. Excellent. With the, with the, like a, a one-day Kumiko class, are you there dawn to dusk? How, how long does it take to do Kumiko? And are you just learning essentially how to do it and you don't finish a panel? How far do you get in a day? So the way for a one-day class, really the only way you can do it is I show up and the frame pieces are already made. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I show the students how I make frames uh, through a slideshow, and mm-hmm. then we glue up a frame. Okay. And then they make all the infill pieces that day. And a normal frame for a class has four Asanoha infill patterns on it. Okay. And that's a little over 200 pieces that need to be cut and fit. Each one's just over up 50 plus to get to 200 for four? Or is 200 per pattern? Uh, 200 total. Two, okay. 200 total. Yeah, okay. so it's, yeah, it's, um, let's see, uh, well, never, we're not going to do the math. No, but, uh, <laughs> about 200 total. About 200 that's, total pieces. Okay. Yeah. And it depends on the student. I've had students who get through it pretty quickly. I've had other students who just barely finish. Uh, but normally it takes them until... Around four or five o'clock, and you're starting at what, like nine? Yeah, start at yeah. nine. You take an hour long, mm-hmm. hour and a half lunch or whatever, and uh, but it takes a, a a pretty full day. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But the first that, time you do it, it's you know it, it requires a lot of dexterity and patience and precision, and it's something I think that people who just start doing Comico aren't used to yet. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of oh, I just cut ten pieces the wrong size. 
Mm-hmm. And so they have to go back and redo those. Yeah. Now, your box making classes now, um, you do have a bunch of samples of your boxes here, and mm-hmm. they are just fabulous. I mean, oh, thank you. I mean, the, uh, the pictures in your book, you know, I think they're even better in person. I mean, the oh. pictures in there are fantastic. They're much bigger than yeah. I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah. what? So that's a five day class. So, so tell us a little bit about the uh, syllabus, for lack of a better word, of that class. So, in a like, a, so a five day class depends yeah. on where I am and how many students there are. Sometimes we will start with rough lumber mm-hmm. and go through uh, resawing and milling and all that. Uh, this particular class, uh, the materials were sort of roughed out ahead of time, right? And then we just had to like joint them and run them through the planer. Mm-hmm. And rip them and cross cut them, so it sped things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I try to make at least. I'd like to, you know, in five days, we had eight students and we got through two boxes. Now one of them was e- uh, that's two boxes each student. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. All eight of us. All nine of us made two <laughs> boxes total. And it took that long because I kept having to fix their mistakes. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, they each made two boxes. Uh, one of them was is fairly simple. It's the pencil and pin box that uh, I recently mm-hmm. made and did a group sale on uh, Instagram with. Uh, and then the second box was a more difficult box with two drawers in it. It's box number four from the 52 Boxes book. Okay. And that is a more challenging box to make, and there's more to do. And that we started that box, I think, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Friday afternoon after lunch was spent with people doing finishes on the two boxes and sort of tying up. So it's like a day and a half for the first box and three, three and a half days for the second box is the kind of basic time frame. Yeah. Yeah. And and most, a lot of that's dictated by machinery available. If there's more machines available, like two table saws available, you can move faster. Mm -hmm. Right. But if everyone's cycling through one table saw, it slows things Mm -hmm. down. So now you highlight a lot of your boxes with both fabric and milk paint. So do you go into that during the class? Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 The boxes that they make in class are exactly how I would make them myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, with some things that I can't control, like, Wood selection, grain selection, right. which I have no control over, but um, but yeah. Otherwise, it's exactly the same way as I would make it myself. Now, when you're teaching a class, does it vary from location to location? What the students need to bring, or does the school and or you provide all their tools? Do they have to bring a tool set? What does a student need to come to one of these classes? It does vary by school, and mm. it. Uh, it does vary by school what they're expected to show up with. Like at uh, some schools, one school in particular, they are expected to show up with sort of lumber roughed out to parts. Oh. So if you're making like a piece of furniture at that school. Then does that dissuade students from coming? That sounds like a rather high barrier no, to entry. No, that's a very popular school. Okay. Really? Very popular school. And uh, But, you know, I t- another school I teach at usually is people who are – pretty much beginners right and the school there has some tools mm-hmm. and when i teach there i adjust how i teach to because i know they're not going to have really well sharpened hand planes and they may not have chisels that are truly chisels you know they might be <laughs> so i adjust the way i teach and make something so that they can still have success and not be frustrated by a lack of tools Um, And so it just it it varies on the school and and Mm -hmm. some schools get more serious woodworkers there and then they do show up with, uh, you know, their tools and a toolkit and with sharp that are that's reasonably sharp. Uh, So, yeah, it it varies. Okay, Okay, great. 
Well, I also want to ask you about your book of robots that you... Oh, okay. That, that is fabulous work that you do. I oh. really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, does yeah. that exist anywhere other than Instagram? Not right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I do have... Uh, I usually travel with them because I draw when I'm on the right. road. And today I sold one, one of the drawings. And oh. I also have a book of, uh, like, the... You know, it's just a, uh, an artist uh, portfolio book. Mm-hmm. It okay. has about the first hundred in it. And then the rest of them are just in, an, in envelopes. Uh, so right now I'm just trying to get through drawing and then and doing the individual coloring of the t- first 200 or so. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm up to like 190-something uh, in my sketchbook. And then right. I, from the sketchbook they go on to separate pieces of paper where I color them. And I don't know. I have thought about a couple of different things, like maybe doing a Kickstarter uh to uh, make a book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not really sure. A website is sort of the next thing right. in line, and I'd like to get that done so that uh, I could have a more an easier way to sell them. Okay. Yep. Uh, right, right now, I just sell them through Instagram, and people. Oh, I, did, I say I didn't even know they were for sale. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And should. for anyone who doesn't follow, they're delightful little sketches of robots with with phrasing that. Um, goes in many different directions depending on the robot. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. Ca- I write captions for each little yeah. robot and some of them are hopeful, mm-hmm. some of them are happy, some of them are not hopeful at all, <laughs> right. you know. Some of them are rude, a few of them are rude. Do yeah. um do you come up with the caption as you're drawing the robot or does a does a robot sit around for a while before you come up with the appropriate caption for that particular robot? Cuz everyone is different, right? Right, all of them are different. Uh, most of them uh, the caption comes to me as I'm drawing it. Okay. Okay. There are some where I had a caption in mind mm-hmm. and I drew a robot to fit. Uh, but usually the ro- drawing the robot suggests the caption to me. Okay. And you know all the captions I write are at some point in my life I thought that. Right. Yep. You know? Uh, I think so. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. There might be one or two in there that are not. There's some that a friend of mine helped with. Uh, she's very good at capturing the robots. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, it's usually as I draw it, they it comes to me. Okay. They're all kind of just quirky and weird and goofy. So. Well, they, they really capture it. I mean, I see them on Instagram all the time, and I think, yeah, this is just fabulous stuff you're doing. And I wonder about the caption, so that's that's interesting to hear. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never hidden the fact that uh, I have, I don't want to say struggled, but I deal with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the captions are sort of reflections of a person who's, who's anxious about the world, has true anxiety about mm-hmm. the world. You know, and so it's, uh, and maybe, you know, people... You know, mod- the modern world is so technology-driven, mm-hmm. and in some ways that makes our life better, but in a lot of ways it makes it worse. Yes. And so I think that a lot of people like me, uh, like I do, are, you know, always thinking about that, you know, wh- what does it mean to be human in a world that's so heavily driven by something that's inhuman? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the robots are sort of have the same concerns. Yes, yes. You know. So a lot of that comes from your philosophical background, you think? I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, not strictly speaking, but yeah. I have that bit You're not like mind. quoting yes. Nietzsche or anything. No, <laughs> no, no. But I just, you know, I was born with that bit yeah. of mind, so it yeah. just comes out in this. Mm-hmm. Will you ever reach a point where if you're selling some of the robot artwork, it's in a Kumiko frame? 
<laughs> That's been suggested to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would certainly do that, but yeah. it would just make the price of it, you know, so exorbitant that the the market would be fairly limited. You know, the drawings themselves are. I can sell reasonably, uh, you know, at an affordable price. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you start involving woodworking, you know, the price just goes up. Right. Yeah. Right. I'd be happy to do it though, if someone <laughs> wanted it. I mean, sure. I love doing Kumiko too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, besides the uh, besides the teaching, you are selling Kumiko, and is that is that the extent of the physical products you're selling these days? Or are you, are you uh, selling other other woodwork pieces also? Yeah, I well, I do definitely make Kumiko panels and frame them and put fabric behind them and sell them as decorative wall art. I sell boxes. You know? Oh, oh yeah. duh. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I also sell full size for you know I sell wall cabinets. I've sold a, mm. a handful of wall cabinets since you know last summer. Um, and, but it's mostly Kumiko and boxes. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, that's the thing people know that I do. So, right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think anyone who's known you longer than the last year or so knows you do wall cabinets. I mean, that's, if you, if you would ask me what kind of furniture do you make, I would have said wall cabinets. Wall cabinets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do make mm-hmm. antique cabinets, you know, that sit on top of a surface of some sort. You mm-hmm. know, like, so I like to make, I've been making tea cabinets and selling them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. And that's all available at mekwoodworks.com? Yeah, is that, yeah. Where you yeah. find that? Yeah, i got a store there, uh, that website. And I also have an Etsy store, but it's kind of, no one, <laughs> I think I've sold one thing Selling through that. Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd rather sell things through my website. Uh, so mekwoodworks.com. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what are some upcoming classes that you have? Any listeners not want to attend? So one thing is my website has a teaching page, and you right. can go there and see where I'm teaching and what. But Which you clearly invest more effort in than Etsy. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Etsy's just a pain in the butt. It's yeah. so annoying. Um, so my next class is just a few weeks from now down in Tampa at the Florida School of Woodwork, and that's I'm teaching a Kumiko class in a box-making class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll put us into May, right? Yep. In the middle yeah. of May, I'm teaching at... Uh, the Connecticut Valley School of Woodworking, a weekend box making class. Then June, I'm at Peters Valley in New Jersey, and that's a uh, box making class. That's Northwest Jersey. It's Northwest Jersey, yeah. a beautiful area. It's in the Delaware Water, Delaware River Water Gap National mm-hmm. Recreational Park Service. It's beautiful out there. Yes, yeah. whatever the un- unbelievably long name. <laughs> um, it's gorgeous there, and uh, it's a great place to take classes. It's a wonderful place to teach because at any given time, there's like three or four different crafts going on. So there's blacksmithing and uh, photography and textiles mm-hmm. and fine jewelry and ceramics. Right. And um, it's it's a great place to uh, take classes. Um, and I'm on the board of directors now. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I love it. I love it there. It's fantastic. And in July... <clears throat> I'll be teaching a weekend course at Lee Nielsen up in Maine. Oh, okay. okay. That's hand, Kumiko with hand tools. Yeah. So the whole thing will be hand tools. And Kumiko is, the way you do Kumiko is a mix of power and hand tools? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd make the frames on the table saw. It's so fast and efficient and mm-hmm. accurate that when you get around to doing the hand tool stuff, it uh, makes the hand tool stuff faster. Because you're dealing with consistent stock. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're, you know, like the this piece in every square is identical as opposed yeah. to it might need to vary some. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm going back to Australia in August for a third time. Uh, I'm going to Germany in October. Uh, for classes, these are. Yeah, all, yeah. well, those two yeah. things are like events, sort of like this event or like five. Hopefully they're live. longer than a day. 
Yes, to go to, they to go are. To Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually two events in Australia, one okay. in Perth and one in Melbourne. Um, and I, in August, I'm going to Colorado to the Anderson Ranch. Okay. Uh, and there's spots still left in that class. So that's a box making class. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Anderson Ranch? I before? never have been. Oh, I took a class there. It's fabulous. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also in October, Mark Adams, a weekend okay. Kumiko class and then a week long box making class. So, I, and then I'm in November, I'm teaching outside of Seattle at like I did last year in uh, December. And I'll have more details about that when once we get things solidified. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, That'll be actually two Kumiko, one weekend, like intro to Kumiko course, and then the second weekend is an advanced Kumiko course. Does teaching the same thing over and over again, because every teaching environment is different, every student is different, does that make it consistently interesting as opposed to just making the same box over and over and over again? Uh, it does make it more interesting because uh, every time you teach a new class, you some the questions are repeated, but you get mm-hmm. new questions, you get new personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a chance to engage with new people and share your my passion with them, uh, my passion for woodworking, yeah. <laughs> uh, and try Thanks for the qualifier. Yeah, and try to get them you know excited about woodworking. So I, I will never tire of doing that. So I, I never really get tired of teaching. It's I you know before I went to the magazine Fine Woodworking, I was a college professor. Right. You know mm-hmm. I've yep. always been a. Which is teach. more rewarding, teaching college philosophy or teaching Kumiko? I think that my career in woodworking has was been more rewarding than uh, because mm-hmm. when I you know I wrote a book about making boxes right mm-hmm. and initially I just wrote about it on my website and people read it. And then I wrote a book, and lots of people have bought the book. I wrote my dissertation, <laughs> you know, which was really hard work, yeah, yeah. and maybe six people have read it, yeah. you know. And it's it's is made, it somewhere where our listeners could find it online? Well, uh, there is not online. Oh. You, there's hard copies of it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's some place like in Michigan or somewhere that gets a copy of every. Dissertation written. Really? Wow. And maybe the Library of Congress, too. Too. Huh. Yeah. Wow. It's something like that. I can't, I can't quite remember. I have a copy of it yeah. at my house somewhere. Um, but, you know, people read... You know, the stuff that I do now makes a difference in people's lives. Hmm. I, there was a young man here today who is going to uh, one of the woodworking schools and one of the prominent ones in the... We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we chatted with him. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Well, yeah. See, I wasn't going to say that because I, you know, I don't want to embarrass him or anything. But he told me, he said, you know, yeah. I was, he was in architecture. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I saw your boxes and that's what really pushed me to go into woodworking. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's like something I did without even knowing it made a difference in someone's life. So that's, you know, that is very rewarding. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. amazing. Um, and I've been very fortunate that my woodworking my time in woodworking has had it has that you know that uh, i make a difference and that's 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 the best thing you can get out of a job that's fantastic yeah that was a much more respectful and thoughtful answer than my question warranted so thank you (laughs) well mad as anything if he's not respectful (laughs) yes yes that's that's it But I do miss woodworking. I mean, I miss yeah. philosophy for sure. Yeah, that was personally rewarding to me. Okay, uh, you know, to study philosophy, it made a big difference in my life, and I enjoyed teaching. But most of the students I taught were only there for credit, right? And that's mm-hmm. not a 
that's not that when, much. When fun. people come to a woodworking yeah. class, they're there because they want to be yes. in a woodworking right. class. Yes. Yeah, it's self-selecting. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good. It's always good students. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, for the Texas Woodworking Festival today, which we're now at the end of, and we can see people breaking down downstairs. Which is why I suggested we um, do the podcast yeah. now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're going to stick around and help us break this down, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the highlight of the day? How, how was the festival for you? It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. extremely busy. It was crazy. Insanely yeah. busy. The rain was mad. Fortunately, everyone could fit inside. Yeah. The highlight Barely. for me was the free beer. Yeah. No, of course. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I think, it, well, so one, I had, you know, uh, my the book is going to a third printing. Oh, that's excellent. So yeah. right now they, they could send me like 35 copies or something. And I sold some during the week to my to the students in the classes, yeah. but the rest of them sold out like it was crazy. Just like one person after another, and that was like within an hour and a half or something. Oh, that was fantastic. So that was that was a, a nice feeling, but also uh, I was showing a little girl because uh, her dad was like, "This is the guy that does the robots." Okay, <laughs> and so she was like, "What are you talking about?" And so I pulled them out and I was showing them to her. And then a woman behind her was like, what's that? And so she looked through all my robots and bought one, uh, one of the drawings. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty pretty cool, too. Um, but uh, I just like events like this. I like interacting with people and meeting other woodworkers. And, you know, they always have a little story to tell you. And a lot of times they will, you know, they tell me how they miss me on the other podcasts that I did, Shop Talk Live. It's just less competition. <laughs> yeah. There's another podcast? Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Matt and Joe Woodworking Fun Hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one. That one. Yeah. 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 You, know, yeah you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. 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 yeah but, I, you know, I have nice interactions with people throughout the day and, you know, people come and ask me interesting questions about the stuff that I do. And uh, it's nice. So the whole, I mean, the whole day has been really nice. Exhausting, but nice, you know, because you end up talking a, the whole time you're talking yeah, the whole time yeah. and it's the end of what's I'm sure not not a restful week of teaching yeah and that's kind of why I'm yeah. you know right now I'm probably less I'm more sedated than yeah. I usually am <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and that's because I'm I'm just worn out yeah uh, absolutely worn out yeah. right, well you I uh, we just we just alluded to it the Matt and Joe woodworking fun hour tell us about that yeah so uh, I met this guy Joe Ferroni I think mm-hmm. yeah that's how you say his name it's Vista Cruiser yeah Vista Cruiser on Instagram and I knew the I knew his Instagram handle because he would comment occasionally, and uh, he lives in Connecticut near me, and so he was at the open house for Connecticut Valley School of Woodworking in September, and he came by and he started talking. And Joe's a photographer at ESPN, mm-hmm. and he has his, some a camera there, and we start talking about cameras and photography, which is something I like to do, uh, and. We just kind of hit it off, and so it's not something I and I would normally do. But I said, "Hey, you know, you're not that far from me. If you'd like to, you know, come by and check out the shop sometime, just let me know." You know, mm-hmm. and uh, which is not an open invitation. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. well, no, we don't have any listeners in Connecticut, so we're good. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so he did. He came by one day, and we kind of, you know, we could see that we sort of like yeah. each other. We make each other laugh, and he suggested. He said, "You know, I miss you on the podcast." He said, what if we did a podcast where I asked you questions about woodworking and you sort of taught me how to woodwork? And he planned it. And so I was like, okay, let's do that. And I was like, let's make it thematic. So each episode focuses on a different aspect of woodworking mm-hmm. and we'll sort of go from beginning to end. 
And then he had the idea, let's make a, let's make something together, which right. we're just getting underway with now. Right. And uh, I was, I think, and it's, I would like to, for us to do video content that goes along with each episode. It's turning out to be kind of hard to do that because of uh, his schedule. And, and you don't mean schedule. video of you guys recording, video of, you know, in this episode we're talking about, you know, the, the basic milling we did for this cabinet. Here's a video of the milling. That's what you're talking about? Well, like, so the first episode, real episode we did was about sharpening. Right. Mm-hmm. So he and I, I, so we did a video where I talked about this is what it means for a woodworking tool to be sharp. Here's the steps that are involved in getting something sharp. Here's how I do it in particular. And I sort of talked about the fundamentals of sharpening, not really use water stones or use sandpaper, right. but this is what you do to get something sharp. So uh, the idea would be, so, you know, we're going to go to the lumber yard. I'm going to take them to the lumber yard. And right. so we'd make a video there where I talk about, you know, this is the kind of things that I think about when I'm selecting lumber. This is what you need to think about. Uh, here's why you should get that board, but not this board. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a lesson for anybody that wants it available on YouTube. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it supplements to the discussion you're having in the podcast. Yeah. It would yeah. be, yeah, it would supplement it. Yeah. Sort of mirror it and supplement yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I was just impressed your first episode, y'all talked about sharpening, you know, the third rail of woodworking. Oh, yeah. well, you see, I don't see it as a third rail because I know how to sharpen. Yeah. Know, there's all these yahoos out there that don't know how to sharpen. So they talk about it endlessly, but yeah, uh, yeah, sharpening is the most important thing in it woodworking. Is. It yeah. absolutely yeah. is because, mm-hmm. I mean, you can do a lot of great work with just power tools and replacing your bits and blades. Right. But if you really want to do fine work, eventually you got to break out the hand tools, and that means you need to know how to sharpen them. Yeah, you know, and it, but it's also all your tools need to be sharp: bandsaw mm-hmm. blades, you know, jointer knives, table saw blades, and you need to have an understanding of what sharp is. And uh, so, yeah, that was my idea to start with sharpening because from teaching so much, I know that sharpening is the skill that is the mm, hardest one for people to want to learn Mm -hmm. and that to learn. So um, I thought that's where we should start with him is to teach him how to sharpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, they've been they've been excellent so f- far, and as we're such a, a stodgy and formal podcast, I've really right. take, I've appreciated the break you guys take of enjoying yourselves on the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's he wanted to do that, and I don't mind doing. It. I mean, I was always the goofy one on Shop Talk Live, so and I'm kind of naturally that way, anyways. And Joe's funny. And uh, so, yeah, we want to have fun. Right. And uh, you, you, at my opinion, and I think you share this to a large degree, is if, if you're not having fun, why are you doing this? Right. right. Yeah, it's not to make There's money. a lot of things you could do that aren't fun that have <laughs> bigger rewards in other ways. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so, yeah, we definitely want to have fun. So we have a couple of beers while we're doing it, and we joke around with each other. And I tell inappropriate jokes and stupid three things to know about something, you know. Yeah, I still want to hear the joke you won't tell, though. Yeah, I'm not telling it. Some guy tried to get it out of me earlier today. I was like, no, no, not going to do it. When we're done recording, I might tell you the first line of it, then you can go Google it. But I'm not, I'm never going to tell that joke on the podcast. It's a great joke. It's hilarious, but I'm not going to tell it. Yeah, not on the podcast. That might, would go too far. Okay. Well, I, I, it's nice to know you have limits. I do. Yeah. 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 At least when I'm being recorded. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. So yeah, yeah. Um, tell thank us you. once again where folks can find you. So Instagram, at uh, MEK Woodworks. That's also my Twitter handle. There's a Facebook page for my company, MEK Woodworks. My website, MEKWoodworks.com. 
and uh, Book of the, Robots on Instagram. Book of Robots okay. is on Instagram. I also have a black and white uh, woodworking Instagram feed that's a Woodworker's Life. Yeah. I don't I don't post to that one too much, but I do post there. And yeah, the Book of Robots is on Instagram. And the Matt and Joe Woodworking Fun Hour, which is iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and the woodworkingfunhour.com. Oh, it has a website too. Yeah, it's you know that's where the 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 episodes get hosted. Okay, and that's pretty much kind of all that's there. There's a really nice photograph of me and there's a <laughs> photograph of Joe looking like he's robbing a ch- fried chicken place. <laughs> all right, so, well, Matt, thank you so much for coming out with us and um, coming to Texas just to talk with us. We really appreciate uh, it. No problem, guys. Yeah. I'm glad. I got to start driving back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so with that, we are, we are at the Modern Woodworkers Association.com. Kyle, where can folks find you? You can find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And <laughs> I can be found at Diami Plotky on Twitter and Penultimate Woodshop on Instagram. So go grab a sketchbook. And Matt's got robots pinned down. Don't, don't go on him, but just draw bears and color them different colors and make witty phrases and make some panels and sell some art. And we'll talk to everybody soon. <laughs>